you to come by the set. What about my questionable material? No, we got a whole new format. Edgy, youthful, plus we got Jim Fowler. Jim Fowler, the animal guy from Wild Kingdom, is coming to your apartment? Well, I practically raised his kids. Well, that's perfect. He's a zoo guy. He takes care of animals. Can, can I bring the squirrel by? What, two animal acts on the same show? Is this amateur hour? <laughs> okay, a little later, we're going to be talking with animal expert Jim Fowler. Where are the cameras? But first, we're talking with Jerry. Hey, Jerry, um, you, uh, you drugged a woman in order to play with her toy collection. How do you feel about that? It was great. I've done it a few more times since then. And she doesn't know anything about this? No, not a thing. Well, Jerry, we have a little surprise for you. Come on out, Celia. What kind of sick, twisted creep are you? Oh. Everybody and welcome back to the Nightfly Podcast. My name is Dave Juskow. September 7, 2021 edition after a week-long break. We are back and better than ever. When I say better than ever, I mean, uh, you know, with our edgy new format, it's going to be different. We're going to have uh, scandals and animals. It's going to be unbelievable. Things you've never seen before. Oh, the Nightfly has got a complete turnaround. And it's good. Yeah, no, no, that's going to happen. But uh, we're back. We are back and recording in New York City. Not that we ever left, but it is a beautiful, instantly fall day in New York City. I mean, just absolutely stunning outside. In fact, it's too beautiful. It's too beautiful. The sun, again, is in my eyes, and uh, I can't really read the, the clock or see any of the screen or anything. But you know what? I would take that every time besides the darkness and cruelty of the evening but hello my friends welcome back to this show when we last left you i had had uh, throat issues and it's after we wrapped exactly two weeks ago today i did uh our billy joel podcast with Elon. i finally realized how to pronounce his name correctly and uh then i did marina's podcast uh which is always live saturdays at three o'clock on facebook i think and she always asked me to come on. And totally after that, lost my voice for two days. Lost it, which might happen again today. Things aren't better, you know? So they tested me for COVID, no COVID. You know, I went to the city MD. Well, I told you that already. Uh, but I wouldn't let them test for strep. So who knows what it is? I can't imagine it's strep since I don't think I have a fever because I got my temperature taken. But uh, I don't know, something that won't go away. Uh, I always wake up with scratchy throat, but we all believe it is a seasonal allergy of some sort. I don't know, you know, so when I do three podcasts in a row, like today, this being my first, I uh, might tend to lose my voice. Who cares? We're having a good time now, right? <laughs> right? I did a show on Thursday, and, and, and this Tuesday, when this comes out on September 7th, 
We will start the hilarious venture of the new, the new, improved, edgier. <laughs> can't get enough of it. I, I told you we would play that clip when we came back. Comedy Cellar football show, which will be on YouTube. And it is two hours live on YouTube at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time until 8 p.m. And you can call in. I'll have the number. I have the number, but I didn't think of. Uh, well, you know what? It's on my phone. I'll give you the number in case you want to call. The number in case you want to call. I don't know why I didn't think about it before. I'll probably have this memorized uh, in about two weeks. 855-908-5668. That's 855-908-5668. Yeah, we're taking calls. I mean, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I have my first eight guests scheduled for the next month. So this is the format I'm thinking. I do a 15-minute opening monologue, kind of like this, which, you know, might affect the podcast. It, it won't. Because uh, I'll mostly be talking about sports, I guess. Who knows? Who knows? Then we'll take a break, you know, like with uh, ads, which is hilarious. My dream. And then we'll bring in the guest. The first guest is Mike Vecchione. We will make our football picks for the entire chart, along with the audience and uh, the producer, Mike. And then uh, he will leave. We'll take another break. And then at the 7 o'clock hour, we will always have another guest. This particular guest is Esther Koo, in which we will just talk about uh, news and hijinks and whatever. I really don't know what to expect or what to do, but I can't imagine it won't be fun in a this-is-so-stupid way. I don't know. You know, it's something I like to do during football season. I really like to go for it. And let's see what happens, and maybe down the line somebody will pay me for it. Who cares? You know me. I just like making picks. It's football season. That's where I'm going to make all my money back. <laughs> yeah. What? Hello? Is this on? <laughs> Then the week after that, I have Rachel Feinstein, of course. So then I switch it up, and the 6 o'clock hour would just be the nonsense. And then I have this uh, comedian, this cutie pie, Michelle Fox, uh, who's like this Long Island comic with an accent, and then we'll go over the pics. She doesn't know anything about football. It doesn't matter. You know, it's just need, you know, I'm just trying to have people on one at a time. And then I think the third week is Lenny Marcus, of course, and Marina, right? So that's good, but not at the same time. And then the last week is Greg Fitzsimmons. I mean, the last week in September. So, and I think I'm going to ask Amy Heckerling's daughter, Molly Heckerling, to join us for the first hour. Because, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. But I know it should be fun. Will, might it be boring? Maybe. But it goes out also as a podcast on this site called The Contender. And I found out the reason I couldn't find anything online about The Contender is because it's spelled with a K. Never saw that coming. The Contender. It's like a sports, uh, up-and-coming sports pod, uh, streaming platform. The Contender. Thinking of that, I was thinking, well, maybe they should change their name because they should, right? Because K and the Contender is ridiculous. I was thinking of changing the name of this podcast since, uh, as you know, we've been finding just more and more listeners I've been getting contacted by or people that actually listen to the show and we've talked about this the past couple of weeks, is that people like the stories of New York City. So 
it made it would make sense to possibly instead of the nightfly uh since we've used that for a long time and it's not like it brings in any listeners call it just cow in the city it makes the most sense just cow in the city actually explains the podcast perfectly well what is just cow in the city well he describes new york stories and since it sounds a lot like sex in the city it's a little gay so it actually I was almost going to open it, change it right away. You know how I like this being the new year besides January 1st, but I might change it around. What do you guys think? You let me know. You're on Patreon. Let me know that way. Let me know through Instagram or whatever platform and talk to me and think if you if I should call it Just Cow in the City. I don't know why. It's it's a little, uh, it's, but it's kind of hilarious. Juskow in the City with Dave Juskow. Well, that doesn't make any sense, but Juskow in the City sounds better than Dave Juskow in the City. That's just too, you know, just not fun at all. I can put my shades up a little bit now because the sun, thank God, has uh, gone past me. Boy, you really just can't start at this particular time of the day. That's when the sun comes in, and I have really crappy shades. Oh, speaking of which, you're not going to believe this. I don't think I told you guys this. You're not going to believe this. For about, I guess, a month, and every I kept forgetting, but it's been so, I thought it would stop, but it's been so adamant. Like, I look out the window of the Queensboro Bridge, right? But, you know, I can see apartments. I can see, like I said, Donald Trump's old apartment and stuff. But I usually can't see inside. Yeah. Do I have binoculars? Of course I do. But I don't usually use them. You know, every guy, I mean, you're an idiot if you don't have binoculars when you live in a high rise in New York City. You know, sometimes you want to take. I'm not looking for anything in particular, but sometimes I'm like, what is that? And I have to take a closer look. Well, I'll tell you something I don't need binoculars for. You're not going to believe this. I look directly and they're on a, they're a block away. I look directly into this woman's bathroom and all I do is see her sitting down. I mean, with a woman, we don't know. Well, I'm assuming it's making a duty because the first time I saw it, I was on the phone with my friend Chris Murphy and I'm like, well, you're not going to believe what it was like nighttime. And she was, I'm like, what has she got diarrhea? I mean, she was on the toilet bowl for like an hour and it's not like I'm, and, and then I got the, I, okay. Yeah. I got the binoculars. I know, I know. But I got the binoculars to make sure I'm not crazy and that's not just some sitting room. No, it's a toilet. Then I, but I can see her completely. I do not need the binoculars. She's a block away. That's how in my sight line it is. <laughs> and she is, you know, attractive, but nobody's attractive when they're on the toilet. So, I'm, you know, I kept walking around and going back into the kitchen and talking. And I pace when I talk. I come back in. I'm like, she's still in there. You know, it's distracting. Because her light is the lone light on. Now, why she doesn't have a shade? Or in my bathroom, I had frosted windows. Like, that's the way they came. It's very odd. Their toilet paper's on the shelf where they clearly have to go to the windowsill to get it. It's really weird. I've lived here 30 years. I have never seen anything like that in my life. It's so strange. So then I'm like, you know, I'm going to run into this girl and it's going to be hilarious. But then I found, then there was a boy in there and I'm pretty sure they live together. You know, as I've summed, you know, like whether they're married or live together. I mean, he's, he's there all the time. And then the, you know, the, there's no fantasy. Trust me. I'm not gross. I am definitely not one of those. I never want to see my girlfriend's. I can't have the bathroom open when they, some, some girlfriends I've had, they're like, what's the big deal? The big deal 
is there has to be some privacy. So anyway, the guy's on the toilet, but it's funny. So when the guy's on the toilet, obviously I know what he's doing. And he was there for hours the other day. I was talking to my mother. I'm like, mom, you're not going to believe this guy. And like, it's funny when they're on it for like 15 minutes, true 15 minutes. I'm like, God, what are they serving over there? You know, because her and him are on the toilet. I know a lot of us stay on the toilet for a long time. I'm not like, I like to get in and get out. But I know people that that's their quiet space. And I guess if they have a, who knows, they might have a studio. I don't know what it is. So they may stay on there forever. But, you know, it's just funny. I'm talking to my mom. I'm like, this guy won't get off the bathroom. She's like, oh, my God, honey, that's horrible. And I'm like, well, I can't take my eyes away. I can't. I'm only looking out the window as I do right now as I'm looking. I mean, I can't see it now. It's to the left. But as I do to just look out the window when you're talking on the phone, it's not that big a deal. I'm not trying to find it. It's so in your face. I don't know how to describe it, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to take a photo of it so I can show it because you have to see how, how like why it's so distracting. It's like I'm trying to come away with this without sounding like a pervert, but it's just so obvious. It's weird. It's like either the sun is just shining on that one apartment or they're the only light on in the apartment. So there's just no way around it. It's really weird. It is not a turn on. <laughs> it is just every time I'm on the phone, I have to kind of tell the person, I'm like, hey, that guy's going to the bathroom again. I can't get what the hell. And then again, you're saying, what the hell are they serving over there? <laughs> I just can't wait to wa- walk into them on the street and be like, oh, my God. Do you, you guys don't know me. I don't even know what I would say. It, uh, that only happened one time in my old apartment on 29th Street. I think I might have told you guys that. I threw my roommate's room. I could see directly into the apartment right next door. I mean, directly if they had the shades up. There's, there's nothing. They turn on the light. You're, it was like a... I'm making hands, my hand gestures like a like a triangle, you know, like I could, I could see if I look to the left, their apartments were right there, you know, it wasn't like across the street or, you know, the thing, you know, and they were in the same building, our building, you know, was like a per- per- perpendicular, you know, and I'll never forget, I saw this really hot girl that I had pined after and she walked in, I guess, with her boyfriend and I watched them completely have sex. It, it was there was no way out of it she got naked he got naked i saw the whole thing happen from when they came in i guess from a restaurant no it couldn't have been from a restaurant i don't know where they came in took off their jackets she sat on his face i'll never forget it was so hot and um i kept going back because you know sex watching sex for that period of time is boring so i remember i kept going back to watch goldfinger in the living room and then go back like what are they, are they still at it and the lights were on the entire time uh so it was just really easy and then I remember I was watching Goldfinger. I'm like, well, let's see where they're, you know, five minutes later. And then I remember the guy was eating a sandwich and the girl wasn't anywhere in sight. Maybe she was in the shower or something. And I'm like, boy, look at this guy. He's like, mm, I can go for a sandwich. I mean, it's just like any other normal couple, but it's just funny to see life happen like that. It's 10 times better than an actual porn where, you know, that's set up. It's so funny. So a couple months later, I asked her out. I saw her around and she lived on my floor and I asked her out and I brought her over to my friend Lawrence's house and he goes, Hey, is this the girl you can see outside the window having sex? And I'm like, Lawrence. And he, and she was like, wait, you can see me having sex. She's like, no, he's, he's making fun. He's making, it was just like right out of Seinfeld where 
George would say something like that. <laughs> There's no way out. And of course, I never saw her again because I think she figured it out. But it was uh, hilarious. What am I going to I'm like, I get mad at Lawrence for uh, saying the truth. That's a hilarious thing. And when it even happened, I knew it was hilarious, except for the fact that I couldn't ask her out again. But she sure was pretty. And uh, yeah, so I've been able to see into people's windows for years, but nothing like this. This is some fucked up shit. And speaking of outside, wherever it is I live, it's so funny. Uh, I'm sitting in my apartment, and I am, I don't know, two blocks away from this. There's a bar uh, down the street, like right closer to the bridge. And I always hear screaming, you know, like a roar. And I don't know how I can hear that all the way from where I live and on the floor that I live. I'm very high up, you know, and I'm like, what is that? Where there's a bunch of people on my street just yelling all of a sudden. And then I finally realized they're watching the Yankee game at the bar where the windows are all open or they're outside, certainly during COVID. So I always could check because I'm looking at the Yankee score and I see it's zero zero. And then I hear this roar and I'm like, what is, wait a minute, let me check the app. And of course it's one nothing Yankees. So it's so funny. I don't have to watch the Yankees game. I can hear everything that happens just sitting watching Hogan's Heroes in my living room. I mean, it's so weird that why I can hear that of all things. So again, just gal in the city. It's happening. <laughs> Are these the stories you want to hear? I love hearing your stories about the bathroom and that girl. And speaking of, let's just continue with the bathroom stories. And I have a diarrhea one for you. I think you're going to like it. Uh, <laughs> well, we haven't spoken about one in a long time, but... Uh, Holy shit. Huh? Huh? Are we where is this on? Again, when we last left each other, I decided not to do bumping mics with Jeff and Dave and go to this party with the CNN people because I said as when Harry Potter took that luck potion that this would I felt this was the place to be. Well, I was right. It was so much fun. This guy is this beautiful, he's a CNN correspondent and he's got this beautiful apartment in New York and we were in the uh he has a backyard and he barbecued and we had this full sit down meal, which I was not expecting. I thought it was like a rage on the roof, which he said, oh, we have those. I'll invite you next time, which is that's what I really want to be invited to. Right. So and it was worth it because um, it was just it was great. And I think things will come out of it. And there's something again I'm working on, which I'll tell you about soon, but later. So I took, of course, the motor scooter there and the bike to Brooklyn. And I don't know, he made. This, these great steaks um, that were, were a little fatty uh, and corn on the cob, which was delicious. So I had two of those. I'm trying to think what, what, what could have caused it. I had two beers, then some wine, then a cannoli, then coffee. As I'm saying it, you can see you're like, oh, my God. But that's like a normal meal. Had some watermelon salad. Uh, I don't really care for that, but it was, I mean, it was good. It was just, I don't know. And... Uh, I don't know. So one of those things caused some sort of issue. And I'm like, uh, what's going to happen here? And I'm like, you know, it's only like eight of us. I could probably go to the bathroom in their house. But I don't know. I panicked. I didn't want to. Somebody was in the kitchen and I was like, uh, you know, I got to get through this. I got to get through this. I know I can make it. So again, you know, you're sitting there and, and everybody's gone through it. You never know what to do. I'm like, no, I can make it. I can make it. I'm going to pretend like it's not bothering me. And I pretended like it's not bothering me because you have these waves where sometimes it feels better and then it comes back and you're like, Ugh. 
That's what your body does, right? So, and this clearly wasn't stress-related. It's definitely eating-related, and there's an issue. And it's not like I ate bad or any, ate anything I hadn't had before. If one of those items messed me up because I hadn't eaten all day. So then I knew I was taking the scooter back, and I was taking, and I'd catch the bike. So on the scooter, I was like, you know, sometimes I know this is disgusting, but like when you're sitting down, it usually doesn't bother you. But it was bothering me. And I was racing back to the Queensboro Bridge. And I'm like, come on, I know I can do this. And then I'm like, well, you know what? Even if I didn't make it, it'd be all right. <laughs> I'm like going really fast. I mean, I feel bad for the bike. But <laughs> I guess if I end up soiling myself, but I've always made it. Come on, this can't be it. This can't be it. And then I'm like, should I take an Uber? But I was like, no, I can't. It's too risky. It's too risky. I got to be outdoors. So then, but then the worst part is I had to look for the bike to cross the bridge. So I'm like, I don't need this distraction. And then I'm going to get the bike. And I'm like, wait, should I just go in the woods? Because I'm never going to make it over the bridge. I really got to go. And I'm like, no, we can do this. I'm a man. I can do it. <laughs> but it was, it was just pushing and being like, oh, <laughs> it was so horrible. But I could picture myself at the end of the bridge and locking my bike up and, you know, just running into the house. And I made it. And then it was like the greatest night ever. I, you know, whenever that comes out and I made it, I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. What a great night. What an amazing night. I think I stayed up till like three in the morning just watching TV and talking. And I'm just like, what a great night. I mean, when do you get rid of it? It's like, it's like, it's like, it's, it's kind of like an orgasm. I get, you got to get it out. <laughs> you just like feel like a million bucks. Because it could have ended so badly. However, the good news about it is, this hilarious story. Welcome back. Geez, we really missed you over that two weeks. Thanks for, we didn't miss this story. The funny thing is, I am now allowed, apparently I have driven enough on my motor scooter that I am now allowed to take the Queensboro Bridge. I don't have to transfer to a bike anymore. I can now take the motor scooter over the bridge. They say, you have now unlocked the Queensboro and Manhattan Bridges. I'm like, I have? I thought the reason you couldn't go over was because of the speed limit, but apparently that's the thing. I uh, and, and, you know, I overlook the traffic on the Queensboro Bridge. I'm like, oh, it looks pretty dangerous. Like, you can't go in the bike lane. And I'm like, right. Uh, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I usually go like 50 miles over that bridge. Then I looked at the speed limit. It's 30. And the bike goes exactly 30. I don't know. It seems dangerous, but what a game changer that I won't have to look for a bike on the opposite side, I can finally just come right home. That's a huge game changer. That means I can go from my house to, I don't know, like almost Kennedy Airport on these stupid scooters. I don't have to make a transfer. So that's a huge game changer and a really great deal. I haven't tried it yet. Now I'm like dying to go to Queens but uh, or Brooklyn, whatever. You know, I'm dying. Somebody invite me over quickly. I got to try this. And then, of course, you know what's going to happen. There's not going to be any bikes available here, and I'm going to be so angry. But for now, that's the word. It's a pretty good word. Oh, there's so much stuff I got to tell you. I'm just uh, concentrating and put it in my mind. Uh, oh, okay. Here's the big announcement. Big announcement. Where's our breaking news theme? My rent, it's like the whole thing never happened. I got approved, and uh, really, like no back pay. It's done. It's done, baby. It's done. 
Don't lie for Devil Wears Prada. Baby, it's done. I'm not your baby. Bonjour, madame. Uh, hi. What the hell is this? What does it look like? It's a marker. Yeah. Of? Of what American runway will look like when Jacqueline Follet is the new editor-in-chief. They're replacing Miranda? Yeah. And she's bringing me in to run all the editorial content. You're really surprised? Jacqueline's a lot younger than Miranda. She has a fresher take on things. Not to mention that American Runway is one of the most expensive books in the business. Jacqueline does the same thing for a lot less money. And Irv, Irv's a businessman, you know. Miranda will be devastated. Her whole life is about Runway. He can't do that to her. It's done. Irv's gonna tell Miranda after the party for James. And she has no idea? <laughs> She's a big girl. She'll be fine. Andy, it's done. Baby, it's done. I'm not your baby. Looks like Dave just got staying in the city for a while. Just got in the city, am I right? Yeah, it's like the whole thing never happened. I told my landlord, hey, it's like the whole thing never happened, right? Ugh. Yeah, just got the uh, notice as they sent, they sent that notice, and then the notice, your unemployment's ending the same day. So you're like, yeah, and then you're like, ah. But whatever, right? We're back. I can't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I sent it to my friend Joe. He's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Really? They're paying all this money? I'm like, I had a, you know, I took a chance. I took a risky chance. Kind of was hoping this would happen. And it did. So how do you like that? We're back. I wanted to share the news with you. It's no secret. And I didn't do anything illegal. So (laughs) there's no reason not to share it. Right? Well, I'll tell you, though, the one thing I did do, I think you'll like this, is I was talking to my nephew, you know, and since my sister and I have split uh, mostly over what happened with uh, Billy or other stuff, but, um, you know, I've been trying to, like, make it up to, I don't think he cares what happened with the, with, with him staying here that time with the, during the pandemic and all that nonsense, but we were just talking because his birthday's coming up and stuff, and actually... Tomorrow we're going to Pizza Hut for his birthday, which is my favorite time of the year, obviously. But I told him, you know, he was talking to his girlfriend. He's got this great girlfriend. We all like her. And she goes to school somewhere in North Carolina, I think. And I said, well, you got to go visit her. And he's like, why? Because that's every boy's rite of passage to have the worst time ever visiting his college girlfriend, his girlfriend in college. Everybody has, I'm, I'm getting you a ticket I don't have any money, but I'm buying you a ticket to go to Florida so you can get this over with. I mean, they write, I said, kid, they write songs about this kind of shit. Every man has the worst experience ever. You'll be broken up by the time you get back. Trust me. He's like, what? Why would I want to go? I'm like, you have to. You just got to, you got to get it over with. I don't think there's one boy who's ever come back unscathed from visiting his girlfriend in college. Now, this is. You know, this, now he doesn't go to college, so that's even worse. Like, if you went to college, you could like have the same experience, uh, whatever. But no, he doesn't go, so uh, it's so class. Now she's a great girl, so I'm assuming everything will be fine. But the funny thing is, she goes, "Yeah, 
And uh, so when you get here, we'll go to a fraternity party. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was just talking to my friends, and they said, whatever you do, don't go to the fraternity party. But it's already starting. It's going to be brilliant. Because you know what's going to happen. She's, I'm sure she's not cheating on him or anything, but you meet all the guys she knows. Like, okay, we never mentioned this guy. Oh, it's going to be epic. I can't wait to hear. And if he has the best time and nothing happened, well, then it's a win-win, <laughs> you know? And uh, I just, I cannot wait to hear what happens. Uh, it's perfect. It's only the airfare. Like, he's obviously got a place to stay. She's going to pick him up at the airport. Uh, hopefully, she's excited. If she's not excited about it, then that's even better because, uh, you know, he's already in a bad situation. So it's so funny. I was just like, no, it's a rite of passage. You don't understand. You got to have a bad time going to visit your girlfriend who goes to college. What is this? Isn't that a Steely Dan song about that? And the weekend at the college didn't turn out like you planned, right? That's the one. The reeling in the years. They do a whole bunch of college ones. And the weekend at the college didn't turn out like you planned. And you're reeling in the years. Oh, that's the one. The weekend at the college didn't turn out like you planned. That's, I think that's the one I was basing it off of. But, I mean, how many movies do they make about that? One, I think... Uh, wasn't Sarah in one with Reese Witherspoon and Paul Rudd, which was this? I mean, there's countless movies where the boy goes. And, of course, uh, Bring It On is the opposite one where Torrance goes to visit her boyfriend in college and then realizes he's cheating. So, again, this is a classic move. Isn't the graduate like that? Does he visit her in college? I mean, she's not cheating, but... I'm just thinking of all these movies since the beginning of time where a boy will go visit his girlfriend in college, and it's just going to be epic, and you know it. And I know you can't wait to hear about it. It's a couple of weeks coming up, and we will have the exclusive. Maybe we'll have Billy on the podcast to report about it. Of course, if he had a good time, well, that won't be fun at all. But I obviously hope he does. He's got to have some story. Something's going to happen. You, you just The jealousy factor is too much. She's a very pretty girl. Listen, she's a very attractive girl. You know, she's a very aggressive girl. I don't mind telling you. Billy, listen, this girl, she's very aggressive. But I'm very excited about that, right? So I told you about my rent, which is a goddamn miracle. I'm back. Thank you for all of your help and being so kind. Be like, oh, David, or maybe you should do this. Maybe Thank you. Thank you very much for everybody. It was very, very nice during these times. So... My friend Rosemary, who's I've known in this building for the whole time I've lived here, she's lived here before me. If I've lived here 21 years, she's lived here 30. I've known her for years. And uh, she is on unemployment as well, but she was traveling, and you can't get your unemployment if you're traveling. You see, now, this if this was me, I wouldn't be telling you, but I don't care, and unemployment's over anyway, so it doesn't matter. So I, she said, can you you know, use my computer and sign up for my benefits because, you know, they won't do it from Venice. And she goes, she's been going to Venice every year, every day of her life. So she has like family relatives. I don't think it costs her that much to go, but when you're on unemployment, you're not supposed to be taking lavish vacations. So I'm like, sure, of course, no problem at all. So she goes, oh my God, you're doing me such a favor. She's going to Venice with her granddaughter, right? And that's the thing, right? It's like, it's me. I'm like, look, if I can't buy my nephew a fucking plane ticket to go, you know, what am I doing in, in the scheme of things? 
you know, if I can't buy my niece who's graduating college a, a housewarming gift or something like, you know, like what's the point? Or like we said, when I picked up Dory's tab, right? So it's like that. She's like, look, I'm taking my granddaughter to Venice and that's what, you know, how much years are left. Hopefully I can show her a good time and she'll remember me fondly, which is kind of funny. Who gives a shit if you remember anybody fondly? But whatevs. Just got in the city, whatevs. Uh, sorry. So uh, she goes, what can I bring? She's, uh, what can I bring you back? And I'm like, I don't need anything. And she's uh, texting all this. And she's like, how about if I bring you back a nice Italian girl? And I'm like, actually, that would be fine. I have no problem marrying for a green card. She goes, all right, I'll do that. But if I can't get that, you know, because we're joking, I'm like, what can I get you? I'm like, ah, get me a gondola hat. She's like, done. And I'm like, yeah, a gondola hat will be great. She's like, there's other stuff here. And I'm like, no, no, just give me. Because I looked at it. I was like, looked it up. And I'm like, yeah, give me a gondola hat from like a street vendor. You know, I figure that's got to be not expensive. And there you go. You're asking me and I'm telling you. She comes back. I see her two days ago. And uh, she's like, hey, I got you some chocolate covered almonds. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I, I said it just like that. Where's the gondola hat? She's like, what? Where's the gondola hat? Wait, you were serious? Was I ser- First of all, you made a huge stink that you were bringing me something back and then you asked me what I wanted and I told you twice I wanted a gondola hat. Oh, I thought you were kidding. Why, why would I be kidding? You asked me what I wanted. You made a big deal about it and then she started to cry. <laughs> I was like, I was just, <laughs> it was just so stupid. She, I'm like, chocolate covered almonds. I don't like, I, I don't like this at all. I mean, maybe if you got me plain chocolates. I, she's like, no, no, these are very specific handmade. I'm like, I don't care. I asked for a goddamn. She's like, well, gondola hats. I mean, they sell those on the street for like 10 bucks. I'm like, yeah. And that's all I asked you to bring back. <laughs> I was like, I told everybody I was going to wear it on the show next. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, well, good. And they're just like, well, no, let me make, I can order it. And I'm like, nah, nah, forget it. Jesus Christ. I tried to help you, you fucking idiot. Like, I was so angry. I just walked out. Um, it was, I mean, it was funny because I'm like, you, you made a bit, I didn't want anything. But you made a big deal about bringing something back, which I get, because I did her a huge solid for two weeks. A huge solid. And you didn't bring back what I asked? What the? Why would I be joking? Look at the fucking text. It's not like we talked about it. Please bring me a gondola hat. I, would, I can't wait to wear it on a show. Very excited about it. How funny would that have I would have made that my Twitter picture instead of the sailor hat. Oh, boy, I'll tell you. Oh, these kids, they drive me crazy. Well, I let her have it, but good. And the beauty is every time I see her in the building, I'll be like, mm, yeah, thanks. It's going to be great. Oh, God, I need to tell you what happened. So Friday, because there's two weeks of stuff, you know, last Friday, um, I'm trying to do these good deeds, unlike this bad deed where I made this woman cry because she didn't get my goddamn gondola hat. But you know me, if I'm excited about something, I mean, you know, make it happen. Everybody knows me by now. Jesus Christ, even the people in my building know not to say you're going to get something and don't have it. You better come back to me gently and be like, uh, I couldn't find a gondola hat, so I got you this. That I can accept. But when you're like, oh, you really wanted one? Shut up. Look, I'm still angry about it. You got to be kidding, right? 
I know I can order it online. I mean, that's not, you're missing the fucking point. I could say, oh, I got it bought back from Venice. Uh, yeah, whatever. This, you know, New York City turned into Venice last week. How about that? You know what? They're blaming de Blasio. I, we all dislike Mayor de Blasio. No one likes him. I have never heard anyone like him. But I got to say, He's not to blame for anything that happened. He wasn't prepared. Nobody was prepared for this. This fucking Ida storm. The cellar, the Village Underground, where I usually do my shows, completely flooded. Had a viral TikTok where everybody was stuck. They were saying they were being held hostage. Well, here's a story for you, speaking of which. And the funny thing is, so that all this flooding in apparently New York City, and it's just so funny that this is the way it is. I don't know. It's like, you know, I have my joke, which is like, I can't believe the people that built these subways were just never prepared for bad weather. But I guess this was next level shit. And it obviously is some sort of global warming so the likes we've never seen before. And, and then de Blasio got on and he goes, look, we got now we got to prepare for this. He's right. I'm not blaming the guy. That's what I'd say. I'm like, I guess we got to prepare for this kind of shit. I mean, we've had had this before, but not like this. I mean, this was sick the waves come people died in their basements i still don't understand how that's possible how do you not just walk out i must be getting confused it must have been like a tidal wave came in or something but still i i and the funny thing is i'm sitting here the whole time i had no intention of going out that wednesday for sure so i was in all day you know because i heard it was going to be bad so i don't know who the fuck is driving around when all they do is say don't drive around it's going to be really bad so when all these cars are stuck when they're driving, I'm like, what are you, fucking idiots? I mean, I understand if you have to get to work, but I think you just got to make arrangements or something. My poor doorman said he couldn't, you know, couldn't get a subway. And finally around five in the morning, I got an Uber. I almost want to tell him, like, yeah, you can come up here if you want, but which I really wouldn't mind. Uh, it's just that, you know, by the time he decided at around two or three o'clock, then I you know, he would have woken me and I would have thought something was wrong with the building. Like, we had to evacuate. So that's the only issue there. Anyway, what was I talking about? Uh, oh, right. So I'm sitting here on this Tuesday when it was the big hurricane. And I'm just like, oh, it's raining. I mean, I can't even believe that all this shit was happening. I, you know, I live in a high rise on the uh, Upper East Side. I just don't get the brunt of it i guess i guess i live in a perfect neighborhood where i'm just like wait what happened everything got flooded i didn't see anything i mean i just didn't i didn't hear anything i didn't see anything and then i was watching the news i'm like wait all this happened while i was sleeping i didn't hear a goddamn thing that happened with hurricane sandy too you know well usually i hear winds you know i didn't hear any wind or anything you know usually i can't sleep because it's so windy i'm afraid the building is going to topple over but i didn't hear a thing so the comedy cellar was flooded. So I'll tell you this story. On Monday night, I went to the cellar because I'm planning to do a comedy cellar Christmas special. I don't know whether I told you or I did tell you. Um, like an old-fashioned Rodney Dangerfield, young comedian special, Christmas special. Like, you know, we're putting it on TV. You'll be able to see it. It's not live. And I got this camera crew ready. I found this new bunch of uh, hooligans that don't mind doing stuff for free, which is a miracle. And we're going to film it in October because they're... Uh, uh, yarmulke wearing Jews so they can't work all of September because the Jewish holidays cover everything so I'm um, go to see the band on Monday and have a talk with the owner Noam on Monday and I'm having a good time having a couple of drinks 
and I'm in a pretty good mood. My voice is feeling pretty good. And I see Al Franken, you know, our friend Al Franken from Saturday Night Live. Hi, I'm Al Franken, and it's the Al Franken decade. You know Al Franken. And now to talk uh, about the new Saturday Night Live uh, staff and, of course, himself is former Weekend Update correspondent, Mr. Al Franken. Thanks, Chevy. It's, it's nice to see someone else from the old show. You know, most of you probably know me, Al Franken. From the Al Franken Decade Reports I did last year, or from the Franken and Davis shows that my partner, Tom Davis, and I did over the five years of the original Saturday Night Live. Now, during the past six months, I have suffered countless instances of personal embarrassment from people coming up to me, Al Franken, and saying, hey, Al, Al Franken, are you still writing for the show? Or Al, Al Franken, how's the show going? Well, I'm here tonight to set the record straight. I am not involved in any way with the new Saturday Night Live. You see, Lorne Michaels, the producer of Saturday Night, decided after last season that it was time to go on to different things. Now, he figured the first season had been great. And then Chevy left. And the show, of course, got even better. So I see him just sitting by himself at the comics table. I'm like, I'm going to go over and introduce myself. And I went to him and I said, hi, my name is Dave Jeskow. I'm a friend of Sarah Silverman's. And I said that because they're very close. And she's like, sometimes she plays your messages on, uh, that you leave on her machine for me. So I feel like I know you already. And he's like, oh, it's very nice to meet you. And I'm like, and, um, you know, I, I like you. And I, uh, <laughs> listen, I like you. And I just, I think, you know, I think that maybe we could be something to each other, you know. And I just said, I, I really like you. You know, I even wanted to tell him about the... Uh, and uh, Dave Elliott, if you're listening, about the, uh, the the Grateful Dead video that they have. I mean, Al Franken's been around a long time with him and, and Franken and Davis and Ken Kesey wrote uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. They're all at the Dead concert, and they're so funny and opening for the dead. I mean, this guy has such a storied, interesting, historic career. And I said, listen, I just want you to know that if you do run for senator against that twat... Um, I'm all in. I, I, I'm registered as a Republican, but I will change parties and help your campaign. And he goes, thank you very much. And I say, you are welcome. And so he was, did not deny that he was thinking of doing that. So that's interesting. You know, that one, that woman that uh, ruined his career, Catherine Gillibrand, the one I hate because I, you know, his career should not have been ruined that way. So if he takes her on and beats her, I, I'm all in. But he, and it was so funny. He's so smart, right? He's like, right. So he's, he's reading like a, a manuscript, like somebody's book, like on paper, like you see in the movies with a watermark on it. And I'm like, what's that book about? And he's like, well, it's a, he was explaining it. And I'm like, I have no idea what he's talking about. It was so intellectually uh, <laughs> smart, I couldn't keep up. And it's, I tried to because I didn't want to say like, I'm going to help your campaign. And I'm like, wait, a book about what? There's a South Africa? So, uh, but he was really funny. And then, um, I don't know, somehow 
we were talking about a tell and he said i guess i was friendly with a tell and he goes oh my god a tell actually wrote this great joke for me at saturday night live when i was doing stuart smalley and he goes you remember stuart smalley I'm, of course i remember stuart smalley he goes yeah he wrote me this joke and i don't remember what it was i i don't i'm saying dave just doesn't remember what al franken said to him what it was but he was like praising dave for writing the joke then, of course, I subsequently talked to Dave about it. He goes, yeah, yeah, now he's praising me. He was acting like a fucking asshole back then. You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, that, that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, so Dave might have a little ill will towards him since perhaps he wasn't as nice to him as Saturday Night Live as if obviously he was to Sarah when she was working there, which, of course, makes all the sense in the world. So, anyway, this has to do with the flood. Why? Because apparently the backstory I heard of the Village Underground getting flooded was that the reason the audience was, quote, held hostage there, there's another story going around, is that Al Franken was on stage and wouldn't get off stage. He was on for like 40 minutes, wouldn't get off. They said, please, Al, they're flashing the light. They're like, can you please get off? And he goes, because it's getting flooded. He goes, really, is it that bad? Because he just wanted to continue, I guess, selfishly. And they're trying to flash him, like, come on, we got to stop the show. And he wouldn't get off. But again, that is hearsay. I haven't heard that. I need a backup story on that. And I'll get more information as to you as it develops. But right now, the crowd is blaming Al Franken. So once again, this guy has ruined his own career in New York State. What's the matter with this guy? But I love him. And it was really exciting to meet him. And it really made my night. So, uh, what I was saying, so on Friday, I was doing these good deeds in the sense of Friday, I was picking up my friend Vincent, who I'm about to do a wine podcast with. I know. Maybe I haven't told you. Yes, I know. You, you don't have to listen. I'm just telling you these are the things I'm doing. Remember I told you I was going to do a shitload of podcasts, right? And it's going to cost me money to put the podcast out, which is hilarious, too. But we're going to do these wine podcasts. Vincent is a sommelier. I know I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. Sommelier. You know what I'm talking about. I'm like porky fucking pig. So Vincent is a sommelier, and he's been my friend for years. And we're going to film it at the West Bank Cafe, which I've told you about, which is a place I want to do a show with uh, little Steve Olson, the owner of that place. And we're, the three of us are going to talk about wine. Now, I know nothing about wine, so I'm just hosting the show. And then Vince, we're going to pick a bottle of red and a bottle of white each week. And they'll be from Steve's basement at the West Bank because they're like a wine connoisseur kind of place. And Vincent will describe them. And because I was there the other day having dinner with them. And, and I think Lewis Black will be in a lot of episodes because he's just always there. And that'll be hilarious. And then we'll have, um, you know, other people on uh, from the vineyards and stuff like that. I mean, is it... Uh, you know, the end all and podcast, absolutely not. But it's something to do, and uh, I just want to do another one, and you can learn about wine, which I find fascinating when people know stuff about wine or scotch or beer or even pot, which is why I put it to Esther Koo. Do you want to do your bring back your podcast? And what we'll do is we'll have you and somebody else start smoking on the air. Like, you do not smoke before you get there, and then you start smoking. You tell us what the weed is. You tell us the strain. I don't know. Am I crazy? Probably. But these are the kind of things I want to do. Anyway, uh, so I was picking Vincent up. He just had a, like a surgical procedure uh, to help his back. 
and I was picking him up. I was his, you know, pickup at the hospital. So I got my car out of the garage, and I was early. So I parked the car in 57th between 9th and 10th. And I was just saying, I'll just sit and talk on the phone in, in the air conditioning. And the car will not get out of reverse. I can't use the shift to, you know, I can't park it. I can't put it into drive. It's not clicking into the links. Everybody's like, it's your transmission. I'm like, no, it's not, it's not the transmission. It's the gear shift. I don't know what you call it, you know, like the gear shifter. You know, to, you know, when you're putting something into drive, you can hear it click. Or you put it into one, two, or three, you can hear the clicks. But it wasn't clicking. It was just going. It's funny. I'm making the uh, effect with my hand, but you can't see it. Uh, the one, you know, that's on the wheel. So I'm like, I'm so, I can't believe this is fucking happening now. Uh, let alone that I had plans to pick up my friend William and his husband. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a child uh, at the airport the next day because these are the guys that always let me stay with them in California. So I'm like, well, now I can finally pay them back and do an airport pickup. This will be huge. And of course, this happened. So I have these good deeds I'm trying to do for people on Friday and Saturday, and my car just shits the bed. I called AAA. They said, we'll be there in two hours. And I'm like, two hours? You know, like, I mean, this sucks. And then they told me the garage they were taking for it. So I run to the garage, which I know I'm like, hey, can you guys come sooner or something? <laughs> like, And uh, and then the, the guy's there in 15 minutes, but I didn't know. And I was away from the car. And then, of course, as the tow truck gets there, they're calling me at the hospital. He's ready. And I'm like, you, and then it started to rain. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, just pile it on. So I was thinking about taking the car because that AAA, let me tell you something, folks. If you got a car and you're not paying AAA, what is that, $15 a year worth every goddamn penny? Because they would have towed it to my mother's house. But I was like, you know what, just take it. He's like, oh, if you want me to tow it you know, over 100 miles, then you got to set up another appointment again. You got to start over. And I'm like, oh, just take it. So he took it. Everybody was nice. The tow truck guy was nice. Like He's like, no, you go see your friend. I got it. I do this all the time. Don't worry about it. I gave him the keys. He towed the car to the garage, and I picked up Vincent and unfortunately put him in an Uber. He didn't care. He didn't care as long as I picked him up and he was able to leave in my presence, and then I got him an Uber. Big deal, right? I was just going to, I was trying to do it classy, even though it's my minivan. But from what I have told you, I told that passenger seat's supposed to be amazing. Anyway, um, and then the garage told me, and they were nothing but nice, and they're, you know, and they're like, we'll let you know what happens tomorrow. Because I was thinking about bringing it to my, I'm like, ugh, New York City. This is going to be so expensive. Um, but long story short, it cost me $860. Remember, that's the additional for the $1,600 it costs to fix my wheels. And it's not the same problem. I'm not blaming the guys that did it first. It's just an old car and that shit's going to happen. And it's like a pin fell out. So the replacement for fixing this was $121. But the labor is the issue. But I was looking up the labor for this and the labor for the New Jersey thing, and it seems similar. But these guys, they were nothing but nice. This uh, 54th Street garage on the west side. So I wouldn't mind bringing something else there again. And the people, when I left there, they're like, they're very good. They're very good. So tr you can trust them completely. So that's good, I guess. I just don't want to bring my car back. And then they're like, you know, your fuel is out. I'm like, oh, no, that's uh, I got a problem with the gauge. And he goes, well, you got to place it. I'm like, yeah, I heard it's expensive. And he's like, well, it's a little pricey. And he goes, oh, and your windshield wipers don't work. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, they were nice. They figured out like all the problems I was having, which was good. And they weren't trying to be like, you got to bring it in. 
They, but uh, they seem to find the problems which the other people don't. Well, you know, the, I'm bringing it to the fucking Jiffy Lube. But meanwhile, that Jiffy Lube has kept it going for a long time. So it's not awful. But uh, so it's back and ready for tomorrow's uh, trip to Pizza Hut. And of course, Monday is the first day of Rosh Hashanah. It's the first night. So we're having dinner there because uh, Tuesday is the first day of Rosh Hashanah. And I feel very guilty about having my first football show on Rosh Hashanah. So I'm telling myself in my head, well, it's very near sundown. So it's okay, but it's so not okay. I feel horrible about it. But what am I going to do? I'm going to miss the first fucking week. I can't. I would love to be in a position to do that. But besides it being Yom Kippur, and I guarantee I'd make an excuse for that too. Because I would say, if it, let's say it was Kol Nidre, which is the night before Yom Kippur, which is like the fucking Christmas Eve of Jewish shit, right? It's like the most important day ever. I would just say, well, no, it's still daylight out. <laughs> you know, I would just, no, 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 but I'll be finished by 8 o'clock, so it's okay. And then if it was Yom Kippur, I'm like, no, no, but it's almost finished. I, I'll find an excuse, uh, only because it's the first day. I wouldn't mind taking it off if it was the second. Hey, we'll be off next week, or we'll switch the show to Wednesday next week. I can't switch the show to Wednesday the first week well i probably could well that wouldn't help anyway because wednesday is you know i can't switch it to thursday anyway and monday was labor day i mean it was a disaster i have to film it this week so that's the issue also speaking of podcasts i also just taped uh, or produced alga namer's new podcast that i've decided i was like you got to do a podcast and all right maybe i'm crazy Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I, I'm going in my head. I'm like, am I just attracted to her? And maybe this is why I'm doing all this. But no, I think she's really interesting. So we did a little test run. And I said, just do 20 minutes. And I thought it was so entertaining in a variety of ways. I'm like, we got to put this out immediately. This is unbelievable. So I've tried to send it to uh, Gilbert's wife and my sister, and a couple of people that really like Alga to see what they think, and nobody's listened to it yet. It's killing me because I'm positive I'm right about this. So so we had the show on Thursday night at the West Bank, uh, West Bank, the uh, West Side Comedy Club, which is my monthly show. The next one will be Wednesday, October 6th. Switch it to Wednesdays. So the lineup is spectacular. It's me, little Danny Natterman, this new guy, Tom Takar, who's great, uh, Alga, Elon, and Jeff Ross. And, of course, the person that books the club Felicia. Um, So it's a great show. Everybody's excited. We got a lot of people there, uh, whether they paid or not. You know, I don't care if I let people. My friend William was in from town, so it was great. And my friend Zelina and outside Steve came. And it was really, really terrific. And the show was was great. Jeff Ross killed. Olga killed it. I mean, the late part of the lineup was just spectacular. Natterman, Olga, Jeff killed it. Really great. I mean, Elon did good, too. It's not his fault. It's uh, the girl in the middle, uh, kind of lesser things. But, the you know, it just raised to a crescendo. And Jeff got on by himself and just told this story about his dog dying. The crowd was riveted, laughing, crying. It was already established. There was a big pet crowd. Oh, my God. Fucking brilliant. It was great. And Alka killed it. And I'd been telling my friend William about it because he used to manage comics back in the day. That's where we met. And I was like, I want you to see this girl. I think she's terrific. And when he got up at the end, he goes, oh, my God, you were right about her. Another obsession with all, you know, especially the women are always 
but I know I'm not crazy. Her backstory, she's very interesting. So outside Stevens, like, I got to tell you, Olga, you know, I met her. I never seen her perform. That was something else. I'm like, great, great. I know I'm not crazy. There's something about this woman that I think she got a chance. I, I, I need to manage her. I just don't know how. So we'll start with producing the podcast. Then I was talking to this girl, Michelle Fox, who's going to be on uh, my football show on Tuesday. She's like, oh, if you're producing podcasts, I have an idea for a podcast. I'm like, great. I'll produce everybody's podcast. It's just, um, it just cost me money to put it on this uh, ACAST company, but I was hoping to find a fix around that, but I just don't care. I mean, you know, down the line, somebody's got to hit, and then maybe I'll make money. I should probably sign some sort of form or something, but, you know, because you know I'm going to get shit on. Like, oh, it's going to be big, and they're like, oh, don't worry. We'll get rid of Just Gow. Whatever. I don't care. I'm so used to it at this point. It really doesn't make me angry. But yeah, I told you I was doing a bunch of podcasts, whether they're for other people or myself. I really just don't give a shit at this point. I'm just uh, I'm just good at doing it and editing and putting it together, and I don't mind doing it, and that's what I want to do for my living. I don't want to get a regular job again. I don't want to get a job at a law firm again, obviously. I mean, if I have to, I guess I will, but I prefer to do something like this. This is what I want to do. But on Thursday night, it was so funny. Jeff went on last. As soon as he got there, 10 really pretty girls just walked in and took a table let alone this old girlfriend he had who's so hot and uh i remember i knew her name right i knew her first name her middle name and her last name because i hadn't seen her in a long time and she was so uh so sweet and so pretty and just this gaggle of girls came in as soon as he got on like right at the end and then they left uh, except for like three of them like this girl you know billy uh and, and stayed and everything and then uh, we all were just looking to hang out after, and that club, that Playa Betty's, was just mean to us, and they wouldn't let us stay there, which was bad. So we had to go across the street, and we drank, and we ate, and had a really good time. It was like, I don't know, 16 of us. It was really, really fun. Uh, fun after-show party, because Jeff's a fun guy to hang with after, you know, and unfortunately, nobody had to run to any other clubs. So it was a great night, you know, and that's always what I've been trying to do. I understand when they have to run to other clubs, but I enjoy, as you know, putting on a show and that's the night and then we hang out after and have a little party and um it was really terrific you know really fun time and uh and i i was very happy uh what was it oh so we're at this bar and i can't remember that it's like a bar but it also serves you know some food and there's a guy at the bar and i just start talking to him he seems nice and we just start talking. I don't know. I guess I was drunk. And then I find out he's like an actor, but he also works at the bar. I didn't know. And we were just talking. And I'm talking. We're talking about Broadway because I, you know, it's hard. I love talking about Broadway, right? I like talking about theater and stuff like that. And you know, I was just interested in what he was doing his musical. So then there was a the waitress who was really pretty. I was talking to too, and it turns out she's you know musical theater people. And I'm like, oh, maybe I can help. Out. Well, I didn't know they were actors. I thought maybe they were just in the other things because I'm trying to help my other friend maybe get a job with some of my quote Broadway connections behind the scenes. Obviously, I can't help actors. I can't help myself. But um, yeah, just question. You know, hey, you see Beetlejuice? Like, oh my god, that was great. And you know, the usual stuff that we've seen because i'm itching for broadway to be back open i guess i don't know now apparently it did and the first thing they bought back was waitress is that necessary hades town and waitress are those two that are were necessary to bring back you want to destroy broadway bring back those two fucking idiots you know i mean i understand bringing back wicked but you know 
You want to start Broadway? Bring back new stuff. Stop bringing the same shit. Waitress? Waitress needed COVID to stop it. I don't understand uh, why that was a necessary one to come back. So anyway, whatever. After a while, the guy tells me his name. It's Michael. But then he told me his full name. His full name. He's like, well, it's Michael Dorsey. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, my full name is Michael Dorsey. Help me. I'm looking for the Russian tea room. This is the Russian tea room. Right here. You're, you're standing in front of... Oh, well, my stars, so it is. Well, this is very embarrassing. Hello, this is, this is it. <laughs> Thanks very much. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. I knew in town and I'm awfully lonely. I wondered if you wouldn't mind buying me lunch. Wait, wait, hold on. You can't what? come... Uh, Gregory, this will... Stop! Don't... <laughs> Something from the bar. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Please, could you get, huh? get me a double vodka right away, please? You know? For the lady? Oh, <clears throat> how about a uh, Dubonnet with a twist? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. That's a lovely blouse. Thank you. Welcome. You're not going to get away with this. I got away with it. Look around. Nobody... I don't believe this. Why not? I mean, I believe it. I, 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 I just don't believe that anybody else is going to You want to be it? Don't, don't. George. Hey, I walk down this street. Hi, Phil. You know Joel Spector. Hello, Joel. How you doing? How are you? Hi. Hi. Uh, listen, I talked to Stuart. I, I talked to him yesterday. He, he'll be uh, one one more week in London, and then he uh, then he definitely uh, then he then he definitely then he definitely you know he definitely wants to meet. We've never been that ticklish before. We go back years. Ago. <laughs> he'll we haven't call been you. introduced. I know. Hi. Joel Spector. Joel, I'm sorry. Joel, how are you? Sorry, Michael. Dorothy Michaels, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. May I say, Mr. Weintraub, that you are the best director, sorry, producer on the Broadway scene today. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Michaels. <laughs> Hope to see you again. Yes, let's have lunch. Yeah. Fine. How are you? George? Nice meeting you. You know, he's very handsome. I think you ought to represent him. You are psychotic. No, I'm not. I'm employed. I got the whole world. Don't, don't, don't. don't I'm not going to make fun of you. Just don't get close to me. I want you to owe me $1,000 till payday. For what? For what? For what? I got to have something to wear besides this. <laughs> me michael dorsey your client the last role you cast me and it was a tomato michael i begged you to get therapy michael dorsey kid's name was michael dorsey it was like a dream come true i'm like I, this is the best night ever michael dorsey because i said you know i tried to audition for tootsie and i got close and i didn't get he goes yeah they i they, i did too <laughs> well you should have gotten the lead who are you michael dorsey all right, but get out of character now. No, no, no. My name is Michael Dorsey. I. Oh, my God. He's doing the Dustin Hoffman part. No, it's me, Michael Dorsey. Wouldn't that be funny if his name was Michael Dorsey and the la he went to the same casting director who casted him as a tomato in a commercial? No, the last role you cast me in was a tomato. Do you remember? No. All right. All right. But just tell us your real name. We get you're doing the character. 
No, it is me, Michael Dorsey, and the last role you cast me in. I got you not remember this. <laughs> For me, that would be uh, ultimate hilarious. But we, uh, our old friend Michael Riedel, who we've had on the show before, who is the Broadway, uh, you know, Broadway section of the New York Post, and he's back, and also on uh, WOR with uh, the great Len Berman. He had an article about which was interesting about how Broadway is trying to make its comeback, and he says it's very, very lame. He's like, he's like, uh, let me see if I can uh, read this without my glasses. He says, the first commercial features a generic voice singing a bland rendition of New York, New York. We see a cute gay couple taking in the sights from a window of a cab, a guy slicing pizza, a break dancer, and a transvestite dancing through Times Square. It ticks all the progressive boxes, but it's uninspired. And that's what he's saying. And what he was saying was, in the 70s, when Broadway needed a comeback, that the I Love New York campaign was the shit. And it's funny because I do remember it as a kid. It was the, uh, you know, you was, I love New York. And it was great. And like Sinatra, was, he was explaining the day Sinatra came to it. Like, New York, there ain't like anything. And he was like, Sinatra was such a dick. He had like a bunch of people next to him. And he's like, all right, I'll do it in one take. I mean, just like in the movies. And he got out of the limo, he said it, and then he went home. Just like that uh, Krusty in The Simpsons. <laughs> he's like, uh, all right, all right, Krusty, we're ready to roll. Uh, you know, that should probably be if I choose to get married. Uh, look, little girl, we got other talking dollies to record today. All right, you Poindexters, let's get this right. One, hey, hey, kids, I'm talking Krusty. Two, hey, hey, here comes Sly Chomel. Again, here comes Sly Chomel. Sly Chomel. Three, <laughs> Bada bing, bada boom, I'm done. Learn from a professional, kid. Okay, Krusty, uh, we are ready to roll. Any, what? The so yeah, it's just. But what happened was that the the guy that made up "I Love New York" was actually, I know this is a roundabout, but this guy Bobby Zaram, and. He was his brother was my friend Danny Zaram, who was friends with Michael Caine. Remember, he used to live in my building, and we used to be friends. I used to, and when he was dying, I used to me and Iman used to change his bed sheets. Remember, so it's so funny. His brother came up with the "I Love New York" campaign. I, I I like being close to stuff like that. I find that fascinating. Thinking of myself as a young boy, I'm like, well, who came up with that campaign? I'm singing the song on the streets. I'm like. I wonder if I'd ever get to know anybody that actually, you know, you know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff. So I kind of uh, thought that was kind of cool. And uh, Michael Riedel, he's uh, right about everything. And he's got that new book called Razzle Dazzle. So perhaps when things go back to normal, we can have him on again because I think he's a very interesting interview. And then, of course, while we were gone, that idiot, genuine idiot, me. Spencer Eldon. Spencer Eldon was the baby with the with the baby penis on the cover of the legendary Nevermind Nirvana album. And you've probably heard this already, but he's like suing them, calling it baby porn or porn. He's calling the cover porn. And first of all, he grew up very handsome, so I don't know what the fuck he's complaining about, but everyone's pissed. You're like, you fucking ungrateful bastard what would be bet i mean uh, is it embarrassing you're damn right it's embarrassing he's got a little penis in there well his penis must not have grown i guess it would be like me being like please don't my penis is a little bit larger now that's got to be the issue 
Something must have happened where girls would be like, oh my God, it's your penis is still the same size as the record cover. So, all right, that's great. But he's still, he's great looking. So why don't you take that into consideration? And that'd be your part of this album. I guess it would be, well, you know what? Now that I'm saying it, I guess it would be like if somebody made the their, uh, an iconic album cover, let's say, uh, uh, let's say if the Born to Run album cover was me and my towel and crashing, They'd be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're the cover of Run Around. I'm like, yes, but I, I, I've been working out since then, and I <laughs> I guess <laughs> that's all I got in that sense. So maybe, but what a dick. Why, why would you even want to draw attention to it? You know, there's, you don't have to tell anybody you're that kid. Nobody's going to know. Fucking nerve. Of, that's like, what a... I hope they throw that out and be like, are you kidding me? Didn't your parents give consent? It's all so weird. And what an iconic album cover. My God, it's the meaning of the word iconic. Just a couple other things. That's stupid. No, Naomi Osaka, I'm really sick of her. Really sick of her. As you know, I can't stand her. I mean, she's good tennis player, right? But so boring to be interviewed, right? And I guess, where am I coming from? I'm coming from the fucking... Uh, old school version of Mac and Rose and uh, Agassiz and uh, you know uh, Chris Everett's and and uh, Bobby Riggs uh, people with fucking personalities that used to play tennis Chris Everett uh, who you know could host a Saturday Night Live people with got the, the the Williams fucking sisters people with personalities this girl's got no personality all she's complaining about is her mental health and she just fucked up the u.s open she just lost and then they're all like oh but her mental health isn't right well you know what you know what fuck that because i'm saying to myself now if you're a real athlete you work through that shit we all have mental you don't think john McEnroe has mental fucking health issues I mean, he was on the, the new Bob Costas show. You got to see it again. It's great. It's Billie Jean King, McEnroe, talking about this and other things. And then uh, an interview with Peyton Manning. It's fact, I'm telling you, Bob Costas back on the record. The new month show, fantastic, right? Fantastic. Guy's the best interviewer ever. But this Noam, no, Noami Osoka, whatever her name is, uh, I'm not feeling bad for her anymore. I know she's got bad mental health issues. She doesn't want to talk to media. But that's the way it works. And... You know how it also works? Working through being an athlete means you have mental health issues, but they're not going to affect you on the court. McEnroe's got a slew of mental fucking health issues. You go through divorce. You go through death. If you're a goddamn athlete and a professional, you work through them. Do you know even a stand-up comic has tragedy in their lives all the time? Uh, you know, there's probably a lot of people's dads die and they still have to go on with the show. I'll never, what's the best example? I'll tell you that... Uh, Vanessa Hudgens, you remember this? When she did Grease, the TV show where dad had died like two days before and she went on and fucking played Rizzo on live because it was important and her dad would have wanted it that way. You play through shit. Don't be blaming your mental health issues on your poor performance. I mean, you can blame it if you want, but we're not going to take it anymore. You're a professional. You're an athlete. Nobody died. This is your, if you got mental health issues, then take, then don't be playing. Right? I think I'm right about this. I understand mental health. I get it. But you play through. Now, the opposite would be Simone Biles. You got a mental health issue. I, I kind of get it now. <laughs> that shit is too dangerous. But tennis, please, you got to give me a fucking break. If your head's not in the right place, yeah, you're going to lose every time. You can't get angry about it and then not talk to the media, asshole. 
I don't know. I'm really done with her. I mean, I'm just really done. Like I said, when she won the U.S. Open, maybe it was last year or two years ago. Oh, what a dull, dull. You just, it's no fun. You know, it's like Tom Brady. Well, this this was the best Super Bowl for Tom Brady to win because he was actually, you know, fun. You, you just want your athletes that you love so much to be fun, like a Charles Barkley or whatever. I mean, I know they can't all be like that. There just hasn't been a fun tennis, like a male tennis player, you know, like Djokovic and uh, what's that guy? Sampras. They're all just dull. They, you know, they might be great guys. But they're just dull. We want action. We want our McEnroe's back. You cannot be serious. That's our rant for today. I guess that's all we have for today. I think I got through everything I needed to tell you for the last two weeks. Uh, obviously, I got to shut down. My voice is still a mess, and maybe it's just worse than that, and I, should I go to the doctor? Of course. I used to work at an eye, eye, ears, nose, and throat hospital in the 80s. They maybe put a smock and uh, pretended I was a doctor and uh, walked in and I helped patients because it was the 80s and nobody cared and nobody checked and looking as Jewy as I did, I'm, nobody even questioned it once. So that's why I'm not going there. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm sure by now they figured it out, but uh, I probably need to get it checked out. Anyway, the point of the story is I hope uh, everybody had such a great summer. It's so great to be back. September, I hope everybody has uh, a nice Jewish holiday. You have some brisket and some apples with honey. Happy Rosh Hashanah. You know, the, 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 the shofar blowing. I hope everybody's uh, that. And uh, please watch my new show tonight, Tuesday, September 7th. This ought to be hilarious. And uh, Billy Joel A to Z coming out. I think we start the G's this week. So it could be get it right the first time because that's the main thing. <laughs> and then I don't know if you heard our interview with Alex Sulkin, which came out last week, which was terrific. And we also have an interview with Gary Goldman coming up in the G's. How could we not use Gary Goldman for the G's? That's the Billy Joel A to Z podcast. And other than that, I will tell you all about my first episode of the TV show, Rosh Hashanah, and much, much more next week on what is now referred to as the Nightfly, but could be called Just Cow in the City with me, Dave Just Cow. I will see you next week when football season begins. Ah! So long, everybody. I like green tea, green tea. Cookie, 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 cookie.